rock, punk, reggae, jazz, comedy, <laughs> comedy. <laughs> classical, RPM, Zydeco, metal, blues, disco, world, folk, hip-hop, talk, soundtracks, country, funk, eclectic. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, we'll be talking to Caleb Maupin, who is with the International Action Center. We'll be discussing all things Syria. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have Robert Larson. He'll join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with our regular contributor, the blogger behind fieldofschemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Bright and clear and no foam pads to shoot. <laughs> so that's awesome. So, uh, what's going on today? Well, what's going on today is we'll start off with the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, in case you're wondering. Yes, that is their full legal name. The uh, Angels got a three-year contract or three-year extension on their opt-out clause of their contract to stay at the Big A. So, why did the Anaheim City Council give Artie Marina more time to look around for a new location for the team? Yeah, that's a big question. Apparently, like there's been talk that no one's really been noticing where the Angels want. A new stadium or more renovations or something. And, um, you know, the lease was going to expire in, um, what was it going to be, 2016? I have to look back. Um, but, uh, you know, it was going to expire soon, and, the, and the, there was no way that they were going to get a new, a new stadium by then. And they could have, you know, Anaheim could have used this as leverage um, to say, okay, fine, you know, let's settle on something quick. You want to do a, uh, you know, do something, you know, we'll, uh, uh, you know, let's figure out a way of doing it that doesn't cost, you know, the public any money. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've given them more rope, you know, which is weird because this now gives them another three years to say, okay, well, if we don't get something done, we can hold this over you and say, you know, we're going to start looking uh, elsewhere, probably elsewhere in the region. I mean, it'd be incredibly stupid to leave the uh, L.A. area. Um but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it looks like they're trying to negotiate some, one of these deals where it's like, we're not going to give you money, we're going to give you development rights to a lot of land around there, um, which, you know, again, it depends on how much land, it depends on how much it's valued. It, you know, we, we, until we see the details, we won't know. But it's sort of a strange move. Um, also, I, it didn't get much coverage, but I think that as part of this new lease, the Angels are finally going to get to drop the of Anaheim, which was part of the uh, original deal um, back when they did the renovations. You know, Anaheim put money into the renovations for the stadium in the 90s, um, and uh, the I think when Disney owned the team. And um, the uh, the team had to keep Anaheim in the name somewhere. Finally, in this new lease, it's going to go away. So they're just going to be the Los Angeles Angels again. It'll be just like 1964 all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned that Art uh, Marina might be looking for um, developmental rights to the parking lots around the stadium. Uh, what happens? Less parking, and then you get parking structures, and then a mall near the ballpark, like downtown Disney, but that we already have a downtown Disney. I mean, why... What, would, I mean, it just seems like overkill. Yeah, it's it's very odd. I'm not sure what how the the economics of it work out. Um, it 
I think everything is very early in the very early stages here, um, where Moreno just knows he wants something, and Anaheim is like, well, we aren't all, you know, haven't all figured out what we're going to do yet, so let's just kick everything down the road three years, which, from that perspective, makes sense. But again, in terms of leverage, um, you know, when you've got a team's lease coming up, um, it's not unfair for the city to say, well, you know, if you want to continue to play here, <laughs> which presumably you do since you don't have anywhere else to play. Um, how about you sign something longer than a three-year lease, you know? Or how about we uh, agree on some ground rules for, um, you know, what any kind of new development will be? It, it's, it's just another example of how cities are terrible negotiators with sports teams. Yeah, among the cities rumored as future host sites for the Angels, Irwindale has been floated out there, which if he does move out there, he'll lose a ton of fans in Orange County uh, because it's never a fun drive up to 605. Irvine has been floating out as a possibility for the Angels. As someone who is currently sitting in Irvine right now, that would create a traffic jam from hell if it's where I think they're going to put it, which is like the old uh, El Toro air hangers or maybe the Great Park. Either one of those, that would just be a traffic nightmare. Um and then also uh, another rumored location, of course, is downtown L.A. I really don't see Artie Moreno holding any leverage for any of these places. What do you think his in-game is, just uh, to try to get concessions out of Anaheim? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he doesn't need to actually have a legitimate threat, right? I mean, we've seen this so many other, <laughs> other cities, right, where um, you know people are still talking about uh, oh, if we don't give the Tampa Bay Rays a new stadium, they're going to move to, I don't know, San Antonio, just because the Marlins owners once went to San Antonio to visit, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that the, the, it's not so important having that extra time because it actually would help him negotiate a real stadium deal because, like you say, it's not like there are a lot of better options or a lot of places that are you know, offering him something fantastic. Um, but it raises the possibility of it and allows people to sort of freak out about, oh, you know, the Angels are going to move if we don't do this. Um, whereas if they were on a shorter time clock, uh, then, you know, it would, well, I don't know. If we're a shorter time clock, people would probably freak out about it too, but it would have a little bit less uh, 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 real reality to it there. Yeah, with the 49ers moving out of Candlestick after this year, the Big A is one of the last uh, late 1960s, 1970 donut stadiums left that is still in use by a major sports team. Uh, it's one of the best of the donuts, uh, in my estimation. It'd be sad to see it go, especially if the taxpayers have to subsidize a new stadium. Do you think Artie Moreno will really spend the $1 billion of his own money to build a new ballpark himself since he would need $40 million a year in new revenue just to break even with a new stadium? Yeah, I mean, I, it, first of all, I mean, it's not a donut, you know. It's, it really, if it looks like anything, it looks a lot like uh, the old Yankee Stadium because it's got those sort of, you know, long arms down the, uh, the first and third base lines, right? Yeah. Um, and it very much is a, a baseball stadium, even though it was sort of, you know, uh, shoehorned into being an NFL stadium as well for the Rams for a while. Um, yeah. Would would Moreno spend the money? I, I think that's a, a huge question. I mean, we've seen a couple of football teams be able to raise enough new revenue from uh, from stadiums to pay off a lot of private costs. You know, the 49ers are certainly doing it. Um, the Cowboys got a bunch of public money, but they spend a lot of their own as well, and they seem to be doing well. Jets and Giants. Um, 
But in baseball, the you know for a bunch of reasons, including the way baseball revenue sharing works, including um, you know how much of baseball revenue is based on cable TV and not on you know people actually going and buying tickets. Um, it doesn't seem like the incremental revenue you get from, you know, the revenue bump you get from a new stadium is all that much to be enough to pay off, you know, something close to a billion dollars. Um, you know, the Angels are pretty close to the Dodgers right now in terms of revenue. So the idea that they're suddenly going to leapfrog them and suddenly be, you know, the most profitable team in baseball outside of the Red Sox or the Yankees if they move to Irvine seems doubtful. Um, but again, we're really, really, really early in the process here, and I think it's just you know a matter of the Angels and Moreno sort of rattling sabers and sort of seeing you know okay how can we can we shake loose some sort of concessions from Anaheim um, without having to go down the road of figuring out whether moving makes any sense at all. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle, and we'll keep track of this one for sure since we're so close. Um, turning to Detroit with the Red Wings Arena, it turns out the city. Council of Detroit is a government body that isn't entirely window dressing at this point, since there's so many emergency managers everywhere. Uh, they do have to approve the new lease with any new arena that is built for the Red Wings. Can you stop an arena deal just on not coming to terms on a lease agreement with the team? Um, you can, sure. Um, you know they have to have to have terms that allow them to play there. Um, would the city council actually? stand up and say, you know, we're going to throw a roadblock in, in, uh, in front of this deal? Probably not. Um, and it sounds like, from what the council members are saying, that they're more interested in sort of inserting themselves by saying, well, we want to make sure that the city gets a fair price for any land it gives up and things like that, um, which is not quite the line in the sand that a whole, I think a whole lot of people were hoping that they will draw. But, um, you know, it's, it's probably as much as there's sort of the political will for. I mean, you know, it's not like the city council isn't drawn from the same sort of political class that the, you know, state legislature and everybody else, you know, the, the head of the Detroit Development or, you know, Authority and things like that are, are drawn from. Um, and, you know, they might ex- want to exact a few concessions, but I don't really expect to see them saying, okay, you know, this is a terrible deal because what else is you know is in it for them? I mean, they don't really have the power to redirect that uh, development money to other other uses in Detroit. That's something only the state can do. So you know, I think they're thinking, well, you know, if this thing's going to happen, at least maybe we can make it a better deal. Which unfortunately is something that way too many city councils do, um, even ones that still have the power to control their budgets. Not even if they wanted just to throw the wrench in the spokes of the tires, just to establish some of their sovereignty back. Yeah, no, you would think, right? But yeah. um, it doesn't look like that's the kind of fight they're, they're going to try and pick. Um, again, I could be wrong, um, but just according to their public statements, it doesn't sound like they're, you know, they're going to do that. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's you know, because they don't want to you know, anger people at the state level. I, you know, I don't know enough about Detroit politics other than that it's a complete mess and always has been <laughs> yeah. um, to know what the reasoning is behind it. I love the quote from Detroit's emergency manager, Kevin Orr, who said recently, the reality is that we are uh, so needy of some economic development. I can't see or I can't see how we don't pursue it, because if we don't, what's left? Uh, What are some of the other options that you would give Kevin Orr in lieu of a new Red Wings arena? 
Well, there's always Alan Sanderson's idea of going up in a helicopter over your city and throwing the money out the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, really, just about anything. You could spend it on schools. You could spend it on roads. You could spend it on, you know, going door-to-door and handing it out to small business owners and saying, here, like, you know, uh, uh, here's something to help prop up your, your business. I mean, it's, you could stand on a street corner and, and you know, pay people money to go drive down to downtown Detroit. <laughs> um, it's really going to be hard to find something that's worse bang for your buck than, than spending it on, uh, on a Red Wings arena. Um, but, again, that's not something that anybody has explored there. Yeah, that's too bad. What do you, uh, moving to Sacramento, what do you think of Chris Hansen saying that the donations to the referendum campaign in Sacramento were made without his consent? <laughs> yeah, well, when it first happened, he said he got too caught up in all the excitement and, uh, and you know, got over-enthusiastic, and that's why he spent the money. And now he's saying, oh, I gave the money to my lawyers, and I told them not to spend it unless there was a, already a vigorous independent referendum campaign. And then they went and gave the money before I told them to. What am I going to do? Um, I, who knows? I mean, it's, it, at this point, it's all damage control, and it's all, you know, Chris Hansen trying to make nice with, um, I'm, you know, not necessarily the uh, Sacramento public. I mean, I think it's more a matter of him trying to make nice with the NBA and saying, oh, I wasn't trying to do anything to get in the way of your precious, uh, you know, arena deal. Um, so who knows whether it's going to work and who knows how, what, the, what the truth of it is. Um, I think, you know, it's what's happened here is that a lot of people within, you know, both in the NBA and outside of it sort of don't necessarily trust things that come out of Chris Hansen's mouth nearly so much. And again, regardless of how much of this is true and not, um, just the fact that he's sort of, uh, you know, backpedaling and changing his story is a little, a little concerning. But, you know, it's, it doesn't necessarily make him a worse guy than most NBA owners at that rate. Yeah, it would be interesting if he did become an NBA owner. He would have probably found himself in the, you know, the L. Davis position of being, you know, the, the, um, the outlier at the owners' meetings. Yeah, you know, or maybe he would be, maybe he would be uh, embraced as, you know, wow, here's a guy who, you know, really knew how to project a great public persona, despite the fact that he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, working behind the scenes and, you know, on machinations to try and get things to go his way. That's the kind of guy that we, you know, we can really respect. Yeah, that too. Speaking of uh, Al Davis, his son Mark said to ESPN.com um, that the Raiders, their Oakland market is a 58,000-seat stadium, and uh, that was what basically they had in the 1960s before Mount Davis. Oh, and can you build a new one of those for us, for the city of Oakland? Uh, it, it really, the irony is insane here, you know. I mean, they they completely messed up everything by building that extra, you know, luxury tower um, in, you know, in the 90s. Um, you know, ruined the stadium for, for the A's as far as they're concerned. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, now the Raiders are saying, well, we have too many seats. They already said they're not going to sell a lot of the seats in Mount Davis because, they're, you know, they have too many seats and they, you know, are worried about blackouts. So, you know, it seems like the easy solution here, and I'm only being slightly facetious, is knock down Mount Davis, and everyone will be happy, right? The Raiders will have a smaller stadium again. The A's, will, their fans will be able to see out to the hills again, and, uh, and everything will be fine. Um, obviously, you know, that's not actually what the teams want. The teams want a whole lot of money to put in uh, something new that will have lots of luxury suites and, and food courts and, you know, crap like that. Um, <laughs> but you have to wonder if... There isn't a, you know, if you're going to talk about spending a billion dollars, um, there's an 
awful lot that you could do to make Oakland Coliseum nicer with a billion dollars, or even half a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and, well, I, you know, again, it's not, it's not what either team ideally wants, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's something worth looking at. I, I, I you know, feel like it's, everyone is so quick to say, oh, you know, these stadiums aren't the latest thing. They don't look like, uh, uh, you know, the, the fancy new designs that everybody wants. So, you know, we just obviously have to get rid of them. It's a matter of cost effectiveness, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. you can do something with with less money that will achieve those goals. Um, you know, it's certainly at least worth exploring. I mean, you've got the site and you've got the and you've got you know the building there, and you know the seats all still work. Yeah, well, for a billion dollars, you know, I might want to buy you know extend Bart out to you know Sacramento, so you might be able to fill Mount Davis. Why not that? Yeah, no, there's all kinds yeah. of things. Hey, again, you could stand on the street corner and start handing out the billion dollars and $20 bills and saying, here, go to the game game. Yeah, that too. Well, our guest has been Noel DeMoss. He runs fieldofschemes.com, and we'll talk to him next week. And uh, okay, thanks for being week. on the show. Okay, okay this is bye. the Heather McCoy Show.